Welcome to Let's Review RN. My name is Bryn O'Donnell, and I'm a certified adult and geriatric nurse practitioner. I work as a cardiology APN and function as a visiting professor and clinical instructor for a BSN program. This is an independent production by myself, and I am not representing any educational institution. My goal is to deliver a condensed but robust review on topics primarily discussed in Adult Health 1 and 2 and some pieces of pharmacology of a bachelor degree nursing program. Over the years, I've learned that students have an immense amount of confusion and questions when they leave didactic, which makes applying what they are learning nearly impossible to the clinical setting. I want to break down the basics so that you can continue to build upon your knowledge and put the pieces together. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Let's Review RN. Today, I brought Brittany Schultz back on the podcast, and we have been discussing peripheral arterial disease versus peripheral vascular disease. We spent one episode talking all about PAD and an additional episode talking about PVD. And as a previous nursing student and now a nurse practitioner, even the times that I go back and I review these topics because I don't deal with them every day. I always find it helpful to compare and contrast them side by side. And so today that's exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to ask Brittany very few questions just to simply put the difference between peripheral arterial disease and peripheral vascular disease side by side so that it is easy for everyone to understand the differences. So welcome, Brittany. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Even all the illness and everything. Yes. So um, let's just start briefly um, and let's review the the definition of peripheral arterial disease and peripheral vascular disease. So peripheral arterial disease basically means that there's placking or atherosclerosis in the arteries of the lower extremities. So that's the, the most brief way to put peripheral arterial disease. So you think of that as like blockages in the arteries of the legs. And then um, venous disease or peripheral vascular disease, like you were mentioning, um, that deals with incompetence of the veins that are in the legs. So When we overview peripheral arterial disease, again, we're talking about the arteries, so the blood um, that's going away from the heart to the lower extremities. And then peripheral venous disease or vascular disease is talking about uh, the veins that bring the blood back to the heart, so incompetence of the veins in the lower extremities. Great. And so when you are talking about um, PAD versus PVD, what are some signs and symptoms that you would see in both of the diseases, not, and I don't mean both, but compare and contrast the signs and symptoms for us. Absolutely. So peripheral arterial disease, oftentimes you, a classic thing you think of is something called intermittent claudication. So patients report pain in their legs in a specified muscle group when they're active and it stops when they rest. So again, that's intermittent claudication um, or decreased exercise capacity. They can't walk as far as they used to. Um, Sometimes they develop ulcerations on like the tips of their toes and that would be a sign of peripheral arterial disease. Those are the most common ones. So either a decreased exercise capacity because of pain in a specified muscle group um, or ulceration on a lower extremity. Where we look at peripheral venous disease, um, these patients more complain of 
swelling in their legs, fatigue, heaviness, aching, itching, burning, cramping, restlessness. And this is not usually in like a special spot in the leg. It's all over. So those are some of the differences on, on just if somebody walked in and, and had symptoms, those would be differences of what they would say. Okay. And so as a provider, when you're assessing these patients, what do you see in patients who have peripheral arterial disease versus patients who have peripheral vascular disease? Can you just explain a little bit more what their legs look like? Absolutely. So somebody who has peripheral arterial disease oftentimes may not have any visible appearance. So um, with peripheral arterial disease, it can be a little bit trickier because you more so might go on what they're telling you they were experiencing, like the claudication. Um, But in some cases, they might have like a dusky or pale looking extremity um, whenever their leg's down. Um, and you raise that leg up and sometimes it kind of pinks up or it looks red. So that's how you would look at both legs and maybe one is, is lighter in color and that would be a sign of that. Um, also, if you found that somebody had an ulceration on their leg and you suspect it to be arterial, you think of these as um, basically furthest away from the core. So these would be on like the tips of the toes. So that's how a leg with peripheral arterial disease would look and the pulses would be diminished. So you feel further posterior tibial or dorsalis pedis pulse and it might be diminished or absent. Um, the, the leg may feel cool. Um, you think about the five P's uh, of vascular disease and we could have an entire discussion on that too on like a um you know what we would expect to see with ischemia in um a lower extremity but those are some of the main things so again decreased pulses discoloration more of like a a pale color um and if they did have a wound it would be on the tips of the toes usually or even on like a pressure point like on the ball of the foot um, so that's what peripheral arterial disease a lot of times looks like. Patients with venous disease would come in and maybe have um, reddish discoloration, kind of a speckling or brownish discoloration of their legs, usually is bilateral, but sometimes can be just one leg. They also may have swelling of, of the lower extremities. This doesn't just have to be at the ankles. This could be up to the knees and in some cases all the way up to the hips um, in, in different severity. Um, also, they may have spider veins or varicose veins all around um, certain parts of their legs, like maybe gathered at the ankles, but again, could be anywhere on the extremity. Um, if a patient has a venous ulcer, it's usually in a much different spot than with peripheral arterial disease. It's either usually, if you think about the malleolus, so kind of on your ankle bone, um, that's where is the most typical that would have, it would form sometimes on the back of the leg, like around the calf. So you've also seen patients who have almost what look like tree trunk legs, and that's usually a telltale sign of long-standing vein insufficiency. So that's um, a term that usually is a mouthful. It's called lipodermatosclerosis. So it looks like that really, really kind of like a tree trunk on the legs. So those are some of the, the ways that the legs can look different in peripheral arterial disease versus venous disease. Thanks. That was an awesome explanation of the difference. And just, you know, it answers the question for the rest of us, uh, you know, what we're looking at 
kind of solidifies what we're seeing. So can we move on to treatment of PAD versus PVD? Yes. So these are drastically different treatments. So first with peripheral arterial disease, PAD, um, it depends on how severe the symptoms are or on diagnostic imaging. If their ABI is just mildly abnormal, a lot of times we start with like a walking program. We want patients to be a little bit more active and we want them to develop some of that collateral circulation. So we would start with walking, stop smoking if they're smoking, um, oftentimes, if their cholesterol is elevated, we start them on statin therapy. If we do need to intervene, that would be something similar to a cardiac cath, um, where we can do ballooning and stenting in the arteries of the lower extremity. When we look at treatment for peripheral uh, vascular disease or venous disease, it's, it's much different than that. So we do want patients to be active. We want them to exercise. Um, a lot of times we start them in compression stockings, which I should mention, if somebody has severe peripheral arterial disease, you would not put compression on them because that, that force against the artery, if it's already constricted, can cause worse symptoms. So that would be a reason not to ever put um, compression on if somebody had peripheral arterial disease. But with venous disease, you need that extra support for the veins, for the valves to open and close. Um, and so that's what is one of the first line treatments that we use. Um, like we talked about exercise um, and elevating the legs at rest to help with venous return of blood back to the heart. If a patient is doing those things but wants to do something more permanent, we confirm the reflux with a venous reflux study, and then we can perform procedures called vein ablations. That's an outpatient procedure where um, a provider who's trained in venous insufficiency can close off the superficial veins that are incompetent, and then the blood's rerouted to the deeper vessels, the deep vein system for return of circulation. For my last question, I want to touch on preventative measures for both PAD and PVD. Absolutely. So peripheral arterial disease and venous disease do overlap a little bit in prevention. So the big thing with peripheral arterial disease, absolutely, if patients have risk factors that can be modified, like smoking, we want them to stop smoking. Um, we also treat the cholesterol because, again, it's placking in the arteries that causes the blockages in the lower extremities in PAD. And so we treat that with statin therapy. Um, other preventative things are really remaining active to help with circulation. Um, so those are the biggest things for prevention with peripheral arterial disease. Um, with peripheral venous disease, um, peripheral venous disease or PVD, um, things like uh, staying in a optimal BMI range um, because obesity puts extra pressure on the venous system. So that's one. Um, also, remaining active um, helps with vein insufficiency. It's secondary to the fact of if you are promoting a healthy BMI, then you're not carrying around the extra weight that puts more pressure on the vein insufficiency. Um, and compression stockings, people in our field, um, we are on our feet a lot. And so it is preventative to help by wearing compression stockings. Um, and those are some of the biggest things. It's kind of hard because with vein insufficiency, there's risk factors that sometimes can't be modified. Not everybody has an option of leaving the job that they are in, like a secretary or a waitress, somebody who sits or stands all the time. 
Um, but wearing the compression definitely is something that can help slow the progression of the vein insufficiency. Awesome. Thanks so much for doing this with me today. Um, I know it's short. Absolutely. Yeah. I know it's short, it's sweet, but I think that the listeners will really appreciate kind of the consolidated uh, information on both PAD and PVD. Absolutely. So thank you so much again. I hope you have a great night and um, I hope you come back. This podcast is for general information review purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or nursing. The use of this information or any materials provided by Let's Review RN are at the user's own risk. This content is not intended to be a substitute for educational teachings through students' educational institutes or organizations.